Profiles in Teaching with Technology is a podcast series created by Music First, a company dedicated to providing world-class cloud-based tools, content, and classroom management platforms to music teachers around the world. Each episode features a K-12 music educator who uses technology to enhance their teaching in innovative ways. We'll discuss the what, why, and how of their technology integration and hopefully share some teaching strategies that you can use in your own classroom. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. There you'll be able to find out about all of our platforms, as well as sign up for a free 30-day trial. Hailing from the United Kingdom, Mark Aitchison combines the roles of Head of Music at Droitwich Spa High School and subject lead for the PGCE in Secondary Music and Lecturer in Music Education at the University of Reading, where he's recently completed his Master of Arts in Music Education with distinction. Passionate about ensuring good and outstanding music education is accessible for all students, Mark is keen to engage students in a challenging skills and knowledge developing curriculum. With the aim of ensuring students become inquisitive about how music is constructed by the same concepts by exploring different styles and genres of music. An experienced performer in both orchestral and choral music, Mark has also directed, musically directed, and produced musical theater productions. His aim is to offer students the chance to explore these activities and enjoy the rich cultural heritage that our world has to offer. It's my pleasure for this podcast episode to welcome a guest from across the Atlantic uh, in the UK, uh, Mr. Mark Aitchison. Uh, Mark, um, I know uh, or I've heard from our good friends Richard Payne and Matt Allen over there that you're doing wonderful things at the Droitwich Spa High School. So thanks for, uh, for joining us and welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much, Jim. It's a pleasure and delight to be here. Oh, that's great. Um, so as you probably know, I'll just get things started off right away with the, you know, there are differences between the way American music education is delivered and the way that uh, the UK delivers music education. Everything from, um, you know, uh, what music educators, what certifications there are, who has to be teaching kids in primary school, all that kind of thing. So I'd love, um, I always love hearing um, career paths. So if you could just trace in five, 10 minutes, you know, how you went from, you know, studying music at, at school to um, your current position and kind of trace the whole path between. Okay, yes. So uh, it's a little bit complicated. Um, I started uh, my career in South Wales as a student. I um, did music GCSE and then music A-level. I went through the county youth music system. So in the UK, we, we did have free peripatetic music tuition um, for everybody. Um, so I started playing the violin at the grand age of seven, um, progressed through, through um, school doing, um, playing in orchestra, singing in choirs, I was on the County Youth Orchestra, County Youth Choir, then went on to the National Youth Orchestra of Wales and the National Youth Choir of Wales, and even spent a brief year on the National, as part of the National Youth Theatre of Wales. Then I went to the University of Cardiff, where I studied a Bachelor of Music degree, 
and I finished that in 1999. Then I went straight into teacher training. So I did a year, um, a postgraduate certificate in education, which we do in the UK at um, the local teacher training college, which was then called the University of Wales Institute Cardiff. Um, then I went to, um, I took my first job in a school in Birmingham, um, which is a massive, massive city yes, in, it is. in the centre of the UK. Um, and believe it or not, I started my teaching career before we had any computers. I remember as an A-level student, aged 17 or 18, um, we had our first delivery of a, mu a computer to the music department. And that's where I, I got to play on Sibelius for the first ah, time. Ah, very good. It's very first iteration way back in the mid 1990s. Um, was that on a, was that on an Acorn computer? Um, or was it, it a Mac? Might, <laughs> no, it was on uh, Windows. Oh, okay, very cool. Very cool. It was just as it was going on Windows. Um, I remember in university this, and, and I did my degree before before this magic called the internet happened. There you go. <laughs> um, and we had an intranet, so I could talk to other students, and I could talk to the librarian, and that was it. Yep. Um, everything was on paper, which was incredible. So I went, I landed in my first school as a rookie teacher in my own classroom with piano xylophones. Um, managed to get them to give me some money because I wanted some of this new computer technology um, and started exploring things like Cubase and a bit of Sibelius. Um, then I went to a, teach in a slightly larger school in, a, in Gloucester, which is just south, of, well, quite a bit south of Birmingham mm -hmm. in, in British land, um, in the British scale of things. Um, and there we had a few more computers. I was only teaching um, students that were aged 11 to 16. So getting them through their GCSEs. So still exploring Cubasis and Sibelius in its earlier days. And I was learning how to use it as fast as the children were kind of thing. <laughs> then I took some time out from the classroom because I wanted to explore playing music a bit more. And, and I just felt that they, I wasn't really ready to give my whole life to teaching, as it were. Right. So I, I start doing peripatetic music teaching, which is where you go into schools and like I was doing one-on-one -on -one violin teaching and piano teaching. Um, I'm actually first subject viola. I've had one viola student in my life. All the rest were <laughs> violin. So I was teaching grade eight violin and piano, never having done grade eight piano or violin. Um, and then I, I slowly went back into the classroom in 2011 at um, a school called All Saints Academy in Cheltenham, which was brand new. Um, it was built with um, PFI money by the government. It was the merger of two schools and it had a Mac suite, ah. 20 Macs. And I never, never experienced a Mac before in my life, if I'm honest. Yep. Um, and garage band was completely new to me we had sibelius um so i kind of knew that but garage band was completely new and we started playing around because we were setting up this school and it was year seven eight and nine only at that point doing music and we had um a b-tech so a vocational group doing music and they were doing music technology in year 12 and 13 and actually 
it comes around every year and and I message the person it responds to. I actually put a Facebook post saying, I hate it when the kids can tell me more about music tech than I know, um, <laughs> which was very funny. It's it's not quite that true anymore, but I still messaged that child. She actually got married a few weeks ago. Oh, there you go. Um, so she's, she's in her 30s now, which makes me feel really old. Um, but so we were teaching GarageBand. We were, we were exploring how to use that in the classroom. So they'd all be at keyboards and, and the Macs were around the outside of the room, if you can picture it in a big U shape with keyboards attached to it. We didn't have keyboards in the center of the room. So what we do is we do ensemble playing with the keyboards turned up loud because they were really quite expensive keyboards that had their own sound and were MIDI. Yep. Um, so we didn't have to unplug anything or plug anything in, which was brilliant. So we'd do ensemble work with the keyboards around the room. But I mean, I'm never happy with ensemble work when the children have got their backs to each other. But we may do with what we could with the furniture. Right. But then when it came to doing wanting to record progress and stuff, it was really easy because we get each child to create their own garage band folder um, or file. And they just record everything down in GarageBand, which was brilliant. Right. Um, so they could always go back and hear what they'd played. And we teach them how to play the chords. And then they put the chords in. Then we teach them the melody. They put the melody over the top. So they started to create their own pieces of music right from year seven, which was pretty awesome. So we do everything as an ensemble. And then they try it themselves. Um, and then as that, that went on and I, we did more and more of that, we gained, um, because the school grew, we then ended up with um, doing a vocational course for year nine, uh, nine to 11, which is the equivalent of GCSE. And we ran a GCSE course and they'd all be in the same classroom. And we'd set it up so that the vocational children would learn how to set up the recording studio how to do a mix of a recording and they'd record the GCSE students doing their performances. So everybody was learning all of the time and it was, it was really good fun. Right. Um, then in 2018, I swapped schools and I went to Droitwich Spa High School where I'm currently head of music. And um, to say that there was no technology wouldn't be a great exaggeration. Um, there were, there were 20 Mac laptops in the music department of which seven or eight worked <laughs> and they were from 2007. Right. right. Um, so they, that was on its way out. So um, we did lots of things. We, we looked to get kit bought in. We looked, we got quotes for a Mac suite. We got quotes for a Windows suite. We did all of that. And at the point we were about to move forward, covid struck ah. and we all went online um and we weren't in school so the quotes were pretty worthless mm. but then um the government in the uk um gave schools lots of money to buy all the children that didn't have access to laptops laptops right and so they gave that money to schools. So our school had a lot of laptops. And when we went back to school last year, we had more laptops than we knew what to do with. <laughs> so very cunningly, and, you know, we spoke to the head teacher and, and she was a great supporter. She said, well, 
have 15 of them down in music. So we had 15 of them down in music and then they used the rest to replace staff laptops that were older than I am and all right. that sort of thing. <laughs> um, and so we now have in our music department a suite of 15 or 20, I think it is now, laptops, all plugged in with a Focusrite DI box mm. and all with a MIDI keyboard. Um, for which we use, we teach at my school now, we teach uh, GCSE and we have a, we use the RSL vocational course, the music practitioners. Yes. And we do the performance course with that. And we have that course running at level three and at A level as well. So that's kind of where we're at at the moment. Um, during lockdown, um, on Facebook, you um, there was the very generous offer from Music First of, would you like to try our stuff to help you? Right. Of which I went, yes, please. Thank you very much. <laughs> so uh, we 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 came into that. I, I'd never used Soundtrap. I'd never even heard, well, I'd heard of Focus on Sound because um, my colleague had suggested we get Focus on Sound for our year eight group the year before. So we'd kind of had a play at Focus on Sound, but just as a separate entity. So we went during lockdown, thanks to your generous offer, full on music first classroom with Soundtrap, Note Flight and Focus on Sound. Yep. And we just used it all the way through lockdown, um, right the way through to July last year. Um, we, we explored how we could teach our usual curriculum with the children at home. I would sit at home and I'd create videos. I mean, I, I became a wizard creating videos and learned how to create my own little recording studio at home, which was great. Um, so I, I did loads of screenshots and screencasts of me putting in what we wanted the children to do. And then I'd share them with the children over the magic of Microsoft Teams, which we were using. Mm -hmm. um, so the children not only had us demonstrating it live in a live lesson, but then they could watch the screencast at their own leisure with their parents to help them if they they couldn't work it out at home themselves. Yeah. Then when we came back to school in September, we sat down and we we collated a load of the work that the children had done and our rock school level three students and level two had created some amazing arrangements of songs. They'd created their own songs. The GCSE and A levels had been doing their own composition. We took them to the head teacher, just press play on, on a laptop and went, this is what we can do because we have music technology. Right. This is how musical our students are. Um, we, the, the, our challenge at Droitwich High School is that we, we are a year eight entry. So they don't come to us till year eight, which is 13 years old, so not 11, 12, like a traditional year seven. Right. Um, for UK guys, they'll know that. Um, and we we take from two middle schools, which take from nine first schools, which is year one to year four. And none of the first schools, I don't think, maybe they do now, they didn't have any instrumental teachers going in and teaching violin, piano, trumpet, clarinet, guitar. Um, and that was certainly has historically been the case in the middle schools. So 
the vast majority of the students at our high school have not had the opportunity to learn any musical instrument wow. other than what can be delivered in a standard music room. And both our middle schools do have a music room with guitars, um, some ukuleles, uh, drum kits and keyboards. Um, so that is the only experience of music making the children get when they get to us age 13. So we've, we've established that unless we can really enhance the technology route, it's kind of too late for them to become mm. performers in that sense, you know, in the sense of we can have a really good jazz band or a really good big band or a, an outstanding orchestra or whatever. We can we can do rock stuff. Um, and indeed, last week, my year 11s and 13s did their um, RSL music performances for their course. And there were some outstanding performances. Um, but that they can only get what we give them in the classroom yeah. and then what they do if they're fortunate enough to have parents that go elsewhere. Oops, sorry about that. No, it's quite all right. It's that's the real world. So let me let me stop you there, Mark, because it's a, a a lot of stuff that you just went through. So I'm going to go all the way back to the beginning. So I'm mm -hmm. um, my I have uh, strong family ties in northern Wales near uh, Rithin. Um, yes, and um, and where my wife and her and and her family, uh, where she grew up, is not very far from the Welsh border. Um, so I know a lot about the musical, rich musical tradition of of Wales. I'm just um, you know for those listeners that don't know, Wales is like this incredibly musical place. Um, known, in, I've I've been to Estedford's, believe it or not. I've, I've, I've like yes. I've had the full Welsh experience, and uh, the choirs that come out of Wales are just extraordinary. I, do you can I I know this has nothing to do with music technology, but you're just like, am I wrong? Is this is it's a thing, right? It is a thing. There is. I mean, I'm I'm Welsh. I was born and brought up in Wales. I've moved into England, and the difference is phenomenal. Yeah, there's just a difference. When I was growing up in school, we used to. So in Wales, the Eisteddfod, there's a national Eisteddfod that takes place every year. Um, there's an Irv, Irv Eisteddfod, which takes place for that's a, a young pe person's um, competition. And it's all very competitive. Yep. Um, and the likes of Bryn Terville, if you've heard of him, yep. he's performed there. <laughs> Um, Carl Jenkins, who wrote, who's famous, obviously, for The Armed Man and all of that. Yes. He actually went to the comprehensive school next to the comprehensive school that I went to. Oh, wow. Very cool. Um, and he'd played oboe on the County Youth Orchestra and the National Youth Orchestra Wells that I was then a member of. Wow. Um, so there's this massive tradition of music. And, and in fact, Wales was the first country in the world to have a national youth orchestra yes. entirely. Um, and, and to have been part of that tradition is just beautiful. And, and I go back to Wales even now and, and I play for choirs and orchestras and the richness of community and music making and community music making in Wales is just phenomenal. And it's something that is there in England, but not doesn't seem to be quite as ingrained in the culture. Yeah, it's definitely part of the culture. I mean, my my wife had a had and her family had a home up in Harlech. My my aunt uh, lived uh, near in Anglesey. 
Um, and, and I know Denby, I know the whole, like I've been there so many times and yes. uh, gone fishing in Betasacoit. Uh, so um, it's just, I've always been incredibly impressed. And I had the uh, privilege of going to the uh, school, the BBC school proms about yes. five or six years ago. And I saw a, a national youth brass band from Wales, as well as a choir. And I was just sitting there with tears in my eyes. The kids were just incredible. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely incredible. And I, I remember I remember as an 18 year old playing uh, the viola part um, with the National Youth Orchestra of Wales, we're playing the, with the orchestra, the National Youth Choir of Wales was singing. Bryn Terville was the baritone soloist, and we did Foray's Requiem at oh, the wow. National Eisteddfod. And it was something that I treasure and I will treasure for all my life. Yeah, absolutely. And it's those experiences that I am absolutely desperate to make sure every young person that comes across my musical education path can have that opportunity as well. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a perfect segue into you, know, you describe. I'd love to hear you're at Droitwich Spa High School. I'd yep. love to like give us a picture of what that music program, you know, what are the offerings? What's your like daily schedule like? I think a lot of American music teachers, um, I, I've had the, you know, privilege of, of, of you know, not only my familial ties to uh, to the UK, but I, as a job, I've, I've visited many, many schools in the UK and it's just different. I'd, I'd love for you to describe like what your high school music program is and, and your daily duties. Well, um, it's, it's very wide ranging. So we teach um, everybody, all the children in year eight. So that's the 13 year olds. They all have an hour of music a week. Mm -hmm. um, so we there's three members of staff at the school. So we, we share that teaching amongst us and we teach a common curriculum for an hour a week. So we start off because we're unsure of their previous musical experiences. We start off with um, doing uh, the good old blues and we focus on 12 bar blues just to get them playing a 12, uh, three chord riff yep. um, and play and learning the structures. Um, we teach that so they learn to play it on the keyboard using both hands. They learn to play it on the ukulele. They learn to play it on the guitar. We throw in a bass guitar. We throw in a drum kit because uh, we've got all that kit in both classrooms. And then we put together a band performance and they improvise their melodies over the top live. And then what we've started to do this year because they've all got access to Soundtrap through Music First is they then go home and we're, we're, this is still in the early stages, so we'll work more at this next year because we're just sort of playing around with what we can get them to do and do at home. They then create their own 12-bar blues at home. So the week we teach the bass line, they go home and put the bass line in. Then we look at the chords, and after they're confident of the chords, they add in the chords, and we show them how that all works. So we do it live for them in the classroom, create a screencast. They go home and try and replicate that at home through Music First. Then we teach them how to do improvisation and they do all of that. So they all come out with a nice little 12 bar blues piece. Right. Um, which is great. Then we lead that um, into something at Christmas when we, we find some three chord Christmas songs um, 
that use the same. So we talk about how the chord structure is the same, but now, oh, we're doing it in a rock and roll style. So what's the same, what's different? So we're teaching them how the music construction is the same, but it creates a completely different sound because of the way it's treated. Um, then we go into reggae. So we've just done reggae. We do, awesome. a, a, we, do, we do a bit of Boney M. So we do uh, Rivers of Babylon by Boney M. Um, and we do that in um, F major. Yes, we do that in F major so that we start talking about different key structures and different mm -hmm. keys. Um, but it's still the same chord pattern. Um, large, so we just do the chorus. We don't do the whole song. We just focus on the chorus. So they learn right. to play the bass, the chords, and the melody over the top. And we put it on all the instruments. They learn to play the uh, melody on ukuleles on, and pick it on guitar as well, as well as the keyboard. We do a lot of singing. So they sing in every lesson. We sing lots of blues stuff. We sing Rivers of Babylon and then we sing the finger numbers that we need on the keyboard and, uh -huh. and the strings and the fret numbers. We sing them so that they're internalizing those sounds. And so when they play it, they go, oh, yeah, I've, I've internalized it. Yeah. Um, then we go on to Three Little Birds oh, um, cool. uh, because then we do that in A. So it's taught them a new key. It's a slightly more complicated bass line. It's a different key. You know, it's just musically more complex. We throw in a hook, do 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 do, which oh, drives everyone insane by the end of the term. Um, <laughs> even the maths department go, the kids come here singing it. Oh. Like, then we've done our job. Exactly. Um, so they put all that together, and then at that point in our school, they choose whether they're going to do music in year nine or not. So we give them this huge musical experience where we're putting it together as a band so that they go, oh, yeah, I can do this. I can make music. I can be part of a band. This is something really good that I can do. Then they, they have their option period. And then we go into looking at film music, which we're going to come on to after Easter. So we're not quite there yet with what we're doing because this is our first year right. of having music first to embed. Oh, so cool. we're gonna we're gonna look at lots of musical motifs. So we don't teach a big piece of film music. We'll just look at Darth Vader's motif, um, the Hedwig theme. We'll look at something the, uh, the Danny Elfman, I think it is Batman theme. Yep. And and we are this year focusing on finding themes by female composers and people from diverse backgrounds. Right. So we're really focusing on making sure that our the, the stuff we're using in the classroom as our basis shows the diversity of musical cultures. Because for those that aren't familiar with Worcestershire and my little pocket of quite rural Worcestershire, um, it's very heavily white. Mm. I think that's that's fair to say, yep. especially, you know, our community is that so we we have to teach them about the diverse nature of the world and music making. So absolutely we're, gonna, we're making a really big effort to focus our musical stimuluses on the diversity of the world. That's great. Um, and then they opt into year nine, they then get two hours a week if they do year nine. That's when we go into you choose an instrument 
and we will teach you how to play that. So we give we give them one hour a week where, you know, they go into a practice room or they're in the main classroom with headphones and we give them technical skills and technical challenges to get better on the instrument they've chosen, which allows them to develop their performance skills while they follow a very similar curriculum to what we've got in year eight, only it's more complicated. And we look at different areas. So we do one on um, anthems and we look at different anthems from around the world and how, you know, sort of Ode to Joy is, comes, is a massive, great, big, brilliant theme that comes out of one note and craziness at the beginning of Ode to Joy. Uh, of beginning of symphony number nine right so so they learn how the melody develops and it takes like an hour to develop through the through the whole symphony so we we have lots of fun with that and all the time there we teach them like how beethoven used created this melody and then they explore that and then we teach them how bob marley created his melodies and they go well it's all similar because all the notes on the main beat seem to come from the chord and we're like yep. excellent yes there you go make sure when you're doing your final exam pieces you follow that structure because if beethoven's doing it and bob marley's doing it and ed sheeran does it and lady gaga does it it must be the thing to do <laughs> exactly it's not something your music teacher has read in a book at university and is telling you right if they're doing it we do it here here we know it works um <laughs> So we do all that development, then they opt for either a GCSE course or a vocational course, depending on the cohort of students we've got and what suits them best. And then we push them through. So that's all what we do. So we have five lessons a day, five hours a day of teaching, um, two early morning, two first thing, then a break, then two lunch and then a fifth period. Um, during lunchtime at my school, we have a choir that meets that we're rebuilding. Uh, before COVID, our school choir was at 60. Um, Post-COVID, in our first rehearsal, it was four. Um, wow. And then, then we got it up to 12 at Christmas. Um, then we stopped doing choir because um, we are also doing a music production and our theater production is actually next week um, what 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 show are you doing we're doing loserville this year oh very cool um written by james Bourne or jace james Bourne, who was the drummer of busted ah um and it was written by the it was written for the national youth music theater of great britain um and again it's it's brilliant it works the children love it it's all about Star Trek and Star Wars. So it suits me down to the ground. That's great. Um, and the musicians in the band are currently in our year 10 rock school performance class. So we've got a drummer, a guitarist, a bass guitarist, and a girl playing keys too. They're all in our year 10 classes, which is brilliant. Um, all of our children are on stage year 10. So that's um, 14, 15 years old. Um, because again, for the even the cast, we're rebuilding after COVID. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we've managed to get our choir that started well with four is now a theatre group company of 21. So it's ah. grown. So we're getting there. 
Um, and then the musical is next week. So we've done choreography. We've got a dance group from our dance department are coming in to do some pretty fantastic dancing. I watched them do it today. Um, so it, it all mixes together. And what we're going to do after the show and after Easter, after the Easter break, is I'm going to explore doing a music technology club. So we're going to look at developing, and even if the children haven't opted to do music as a formal curriculum subject, they can come and learn all about the music tech. I'll teach them how the tech works in the theatre, how we plug everything in, how we use a multi-core, how we use the mixers, how we put mixers together, how we do all of that jazz. Um, to try and get them to realise that music just isn't about being on the stage. Yep. It's about everything that goes with it. So that's where we're at at the moment. So we've also got a ukulele club. And if children want to, we do have peripatetics in. We, we, we partner with Seven Arts, our local music hub, mm -hmm. which um, has all peripatetic individual music teachers. Um, and they're based in Worcestershire. So Seven Arts is ours because of the River Severn. Yeah, I know the River Severn well. It, it floods my wife's hometown every single year about a month ago. So, um, yeah, and it yeah. floods my town too. There you go. So a, a couple of quick little things, and then and then I just for the American audience listening, a peripatetic teacher, um, which is not something we really have over here in the United States. In the UK, they're basically a music specialist that comes to a school. They're not necessarily an employee of the school. They're employed by an outside organization often. Uh, there used to be these music hubs, a Severn Arts is probably yeah. a similar organization. And they come in and they give lessons on specific instruments. Um, but Absolutely. yeah, so in the United States, most like, you know, most music educators would be doing um, uh, what we have like a rotating schedule where the kids are actually pulled out of their instruction uh, from math or science or something like that. And they come in and they once a week, they get a lesson from the teacher. I love the I love the concept of the peripatetic teacher because you can get a real, you know, when I was a middle school or what you would call a key stage three band director, a wind band director, I, I'm a tuba player. So when I'm giving um, a clarinet lesson, there are people high, much more highly qualified to give that lesson. Um, so it's it's almost a dream scenario to have an outside clarinet you know expert yeah. to come in and teach your students it's 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 really a very different way of doing it and, and I think there are merits to both I'll be honest um but I I just wanted to clear that up and and one more question I had for you before we get into um the COVID impact because I you know obviously it had one <laughs> um yes. is the GCSE in the United States we don't have anything like that and you've been talking about things like you know tuition I my um my niece who uh, goes to Kingswood down in in Bath or Bath uh, is currently revising and we don't understand any of that. So GCSE, why don't you just describe that for our American listeners for a minute before we dive into okay, the next yeah. question? So our GCSE system that's um, a national a national examination point in every child's life. Yep. So. Um, they do, they have to do, a, it's called uh, General Certificate in Secondary Education, um, to give it its correct title. Um, so they have to do a GCSE in Maths and English, they have to do a science, or a double science, and then they can do 
humanities, arts, on, on all the other subjects. And we have, um, in England, we have four um, specifications that we can choose. Um, in Wales, they just have the Welsh Joint Education Committee that they can use. So GCSE is every child does the same exam, mm -hmm. depending on which specification that school chooses. Um, and they all, so all the music exams are, they 30% of the exam is performance. So they've got in normal times, it's different this year because of COVID impact. In normal times, they have to perform at least one solo and an ensemble piece. Um, they have to compose two pieces of music that last, and the performances and the two pieces of music have to last up to six minutes. Um, and then they do a listening paper where they respond to music that they've listened to. And some of the exam boards um, and specifications use set works. So one of the set works for one of the exam boards is the song Defying Gravity from Wicked. Wicked. Yep. That's it. It just went from my head. Yeah, Wicked. I hear you. <laughs> um, um, and, and one of the exam boards is using um, is using Africa by Toto. Oh, that's um, awesome. And and so they they have to learn about those pieces of music, and then they'll be played a segment of it in a listening exam, and they've got to respond like um, how many beats was the chord? Did each chord last? What instruments can you hear? How and and it's all those sorts of can you know um, guess the composer. So you sort of train them. If it sounds like this, it's Mozart. If it sounds like this, it's not Mozart because you can hear a snare drum. Mm -hmm. um, if it sounds like this, it's not Mozart. It's not Rachmaninoff. It's not Stravinsky because you can hear a harpsichord. So just write Bach. Right. Um, <laughs> so it's all that kind of thing. Right. So it, it's a listening paper with performance. And then we do, there's a vocational suite that we can do in the UK as well, which is very different because it's not based on the final performance, for example. So the students are actually assessed on how they describe and how they recognize their journey from first learning a piece of music to getting it to performance. Yeah, no, so I, I, I absolutely love that comprehensive approach. In my own speaking at, at conferences, whenever I talk to music teachers, I'm always talking about performing, composing, and, um, you know, listening. So it, it's yes. really, it's just a wonderful approach. Um, so just real quick, because I'm looking at the clock and going, oh my goodness, I could talk to you yeah. for hours, but we've yeah, only got hours. a few few minutes left. Um, I just wanted to, uh, you know, where is your school now in terms of COVID? Obviously, there was a, there was a you know, big impact. Um, you've been back in school in person since September, or and, and yeah, what's it we, like now? We went back in September. Um, it's, it's, it's been a real struggle because of the, the children have just, they've not had two years of any performing arts. And in fact, sadly, in the UK, they had two years where everybody was going, but the government aren't supporting the freelance musicians and the freelance actors right. um, in, in their, you know, employment support schemes yep. um, and furlough and stuff. So we are finding it really hard to 
a get the the children to realize that they can do music and it's fun because it's all that they've kind because they've had almost two years in front of a screen they're very tentative and of course our current 13 year olds their last normal school year was when they were 10 right exactly so their whole development and and learning what they like and learning who they are they've lost that because that was just in front of a screen um so it's it's really trying to encourage them to to get involved in something beyond their curriculum has been a real struggle at the moment which is why our numbers have been so low mm. but they it is starting to come back and it, it it will take i think for our school a good three or four years to get to where we were pre-pandemic got it yeah, no, that, that sounds about right. Um, you know, that's that's what I'm hearing from everyone I talk to. I'm just always fascinated um, by, but it does sound like you have an incredibly vibrant and, uh, you know, uh, there's so many options for the students, so many things they can do. And it, it sounds like you and your two colleagues at, at uh, your school are, are Pied Pipers trying to get everybody to come back and, and uh, you know, get out of the screen and get on the stage and uh, I, I, my hat's off to you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just completely blown away by all of the efforts that music educators have made to, you know, keep kids engaged and now in, you know, this rebuilding phase, which will probably last a few years. Yeah, and, and I just wish that the powers that be and our stakeholders could recognize that and yep and maybe give us a bit more money yep, to I, support uh, <laughs> us. And, and you know, because we at my school, we're doing all we can, but we want to do so much more. And there's just not the physical, you know, we can't, we can't do an extra club because we're already doing one. Right, right. Do you know exactly. what I mean? And we can see that there's a need for that, but we, we can't offer that because we're too busy doing that one. And, you know, we as human beings only have so much headspace. I hear you. <laughs> and we can't be in two places at once. Um, but we will get there and the future is bright. And I'm not going to finish the rest of that quote because it's a mobile phone company. <laughs> I thought there's a song lyric over here where the future is bright. The future is so bright, you got to wear shades. So um, I like that one. I'll do there, that one. Uh, yeah, there you go. Um, so I, I really just have time for one more question for you, Mark. And it's the it's the one that I ask every teacher with the magic wand. If there's something you could change about technology or music first in general to make it do something that it doesn't already do, what would it be? Um, I think. It would be soundtrack based, if I'm perfectly honest, mm. and it would be to things like be able to ch change the time signature. Yep, would be superb. Yes, um, and also for our vocational courses, it's things like being able to create our own patches because the students on our vocational courses are required to be able to set create their own patches, and at the moment I haven't worked out if we can do that well in soundtrack yet, and it's things like that, but. That's for a conversation where we sit down with the specification and go, that's what we need to be able to teach. How can we make it? Do you see what I mean? 
Yeah, no, you, there is a recently released, I think in the last month, they do have the ability for students to make their own presets. So close Excellent. to, Excellent. Um, yes. but it is, you know, it's relatively limited because it's an online tool. So they're not Absolutely. like starting with a sawtooth wave and then building from there, but um, they can tweak any sound and save it. So um, Excellent. It, it's almost exactly what you're looking for there. Yes. And, and also the other thing that I would love from music first because I'm I'm a bit of a technophobe Luddite because you know I computers didn't exist when I was right teenager. exactly um, some really good come to us spend a day we will teach you how to do all of this you can fall down all of the traps that your 13 year olds do when they press buttons when they're not supposed to and then we'll show you how to get out of it as well all because right. uh, you know all all of the help videos are brilliant because they tell me how to do something, but they don't tell me how to get out of a problem that somebody's created because I don't know what they've actually done. Got it. If so like an, ins sense. an inset training day. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, we're, we're talking about doing that right now. Um, and it's going to be happening in the fall, but I love your idea. I will make sure that Richard Payne listens to this and I absolutely, let's get the teachers in a real big mess and then teach them how yeah. to get out of it, right? Yeah. Treat us like we're 13 there you and go. we don't know anything because some of us feel like that sometimes. I hear you. <laughs> well, Mark, um, I, I'm gonna be coming over to the UK in May. I'm looking forward to it. It's my first uh, transatlantic flight in, almost three years. So I'm, I'm really looking forward uh, to coming over and I'm, I'm going to a conference down in Oxford, but I am going to ask Richard at some point, yeah, I need to uh, come and visit your school um, and, and see the amazing stuff that you're doing because it just sounds fantastic. Excellent. I look forward to seeing you. And if you're lucky, I'll take you for dinner. There you go. Awesome. Well, thanks so, Mark, so much. Have a great rest of your school year and uh, we'll talk again soon. Thank you very much. Look forward to it. Right. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to Profiles in Teaching with Technology from Music First. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. If you would like to stay up to date with other music teachers doing innovative things in their classrooms with technology, please subscribe to our podcast through whatever outlet you listen to podcasts on. Thanks for listening.